This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius. With me, as always, are my two good friends, Mitch and Bean. And boys, we got a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, So we're going to start out taking a look back at week four of the NFL season. We're going to betting recap uh, our winners of the week, our losers of the week. We'll recap our fantasy games and highlight some of the the big news that way. And then we're going to look right into week five. We got a lot of good matchups this week. Uh, Thursday night preview, then our, our betting preview with our locks of the week, long shot bets, high and low scores. And then we'll finish up with our most exciting matchups that we're looking forward to and finally touch on anything else that we miss. So let's do guys. I am really excited for this week, but first lay on the bad news being how did we do betting last week in week four? Oh, it's a mixed bag as usual. And uh, Mitch, I'm sorry to say, but um, you laid an egg this time. You did a Colts against the Jaguars. You had you went over five, and um, yeah, that was that was just unfortunate to look at. And this is your second time going over five this season, um, Darius. You went two for three, um, and I gave you two for three because you had a bet that said over forty-seven in Cincinnati, Miami, if Tua plays, and under forty-seven if he doesn't. But he did play, well, technically, so. So I, t- I took the over on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was quite close, actually, despite his injury and everything. And we hope he's okay. But it was quite close to hitting the over. Um, and then me, for once, I had a winning record this season. I went three for two. So uh, I think on the episode last week, I said Colts plus three and a half. But I actually had written down Titans plus three and a half, which, you know, turned out to be even better. So, um Three and two this week, so mixed bag as usual. All right, well, let's see if uh, for the first time this season, I mean, if if we're talking probability here, um, so overall, our um, the parlay that I put together every single week of our locks of the week, we are zero and four. But probability speaking, uh, this week or next week, we should hit it. So uh, if anybody is going to hop onto our bets. Uh, we're down pretty bad. So now is the time to be a DGen and to do that. Anyway, uh, moving on with last week's recap, let's let's move into some more positive news. So we've got our winner. So Mitch, I'm going to look to you first. Who or what team or what fan base is somebody that caught a big old dub in week four? Well, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. I'm going to say uh, Weird Records won the week. Um, Did you know that Kenny Pickett set the record for most passes uh, in a game without hitting the ground? Um, It just so happened three of them went to the other team. But out of four, he went 14 for 14 on passes not hitting the ground in a game. And I thought that was just kind of a cool, crazy record that uh, won the week for me. Yeah, I believe he was also the first ever rookie quarterback to make their first appearance and have two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean the the future could be bright in Pittsburgh. Um, time will tell. It's yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, for now, Bean, who is your winner of the week? Well, I I was gonna say like the Patriots played really well in getting it to overtime, and you know despite all the injury troubles they've had, but my winner of the week um, definitely is the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they were sweating it for a little bit. And Mitch, I think you last week mentioned that that was a game you were looking forward to. The the Jaguars came out firing, you know, two scores. Um, and then you know, Jalen Hurts controlled the game really well, um, as did the running game. Um, A.J. Brown, like, is still having big reception games. Duck Pedersen uh, is a great coach, but um, he got outdone by his former team there. So... The the Eagles revenge tour continues. Next up, Zacherts. All right, let's see let's see if they can do it. Uh, my winner of the week, uh, I, I picked a player this week. It's got to be Cooper Rush. Uh, continues to win as an underdog. There uh, and four and zero as a starter. Shout out to him. He's sixty for a hundred and two. 737 yards, four touchdowns, and most importantly, zero interceptions on the season. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, he's been big for the Cowboys so far, and he's going to have a tough test going into L.A. and facing the Rams this week. But um, he's concerned he is my big winner. I agree. Uh, any honorable mentions, guys? Honorable mentions that you were thinking of this week? I was going to say running backs because there have been some big running, like some big games for running backs. Josh Jacobs, 140. Jones, 110 yards. Damian Pierce, the rookie, had a really good game against uh, the Chargers. Miles Sanders, 134 yards, touchdown. Saquon Barkley, wildcat formation at the end of that game, 146 yards. Derrick Henry, 114 yards. Rashad Penny, out of the dead, just 151 yards and two touchdowns. And Nick Chubb. So big, big uh, week for running backs. Honorable mention. To see running backs take a take a big role in offenses again. I like that. Um, an honorable mention I had was uh, T.J. Hawkinson fantasy owners. Um, that guy personally destroyed me in fantasy last week. Uh, eight catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. So anybody that had that him on their fantasy team, now that is the type of production you want out of your tight end. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are now saying that Jared Goff is playing better than Matt Stafford. So, uh, did the Lions uh, actually have a big brain move and win that? <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition into our losers of the week. And, Bean, I was going to kick it to you first, but I will kick this one off because of what Mitch just said. Uh, my <laughs> loser of the week are big money uh, quarterback trades. Um, not only is Goff outperforming Stafford so far this um, he's got a little over 100 more passing yards. He's got um, seven more touchdown passes and three receptions. But on the other side of the league, we've got uh, Geno Smith completely outperforming thus far. So uh, big loser of the week are big money quarterback trades. I like that. Geno, Geno was written off. He didn't write back. <laughs> no, he did not. 
All right, Bean, who you got? Uh, I was going to say that my loser of the week is um, teams that run the ball on first down when they're down by two scores. Um, I, both the the Buccaneers and the Rams are sort of my biggest targets on this um, because the Rams, like, they were not generating any, you know, offense in terms of uh, through the air. You know, I mean, Cooper Cup had like 122 yards of receiving as usual, but I mean, in terms of, like, rushing, like, Cam Akers, uh, Daryl Henderson, they were all just, like, stuffed. The, the San Francisco run defense was great. And they still kept running the ball on first down despite being down two scores at one point in that game. And so did the Bucks in that first first half. You know, sometimes, like, Todd Bowles looks kind of clueless on the sidelines. I don't know if it's just his facial expression. So I think they're definitely the losers of, of the week, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there were definitely some confusing calls that, uh, especially whenever you've got money in certain places, upset you as a fan watching. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of build off the uh, confusing calls narrative. I have my loser of the week is the Ravens. Uh, mm. You know, bad decisions down on the two-yard line. I mean, if you want to go for it, go for it. But I don't know. To me, it's tough to, to not take the points in this situation and then watch the Bills march down the field and ended up beating you um, on a day that they could have kind of taken control of the, the division a little bit. You know, the AFC North is a bit of a mess to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, everybody's two and two, I believe. Except for the Steelers. Except for the Steelers, yeah. But, <laughs> Oops. Yeah, they don't really matter that much anymore, do they? I mean. It's a rebuilding year. It's Kenny Pickett time. Yeah, I think that the Steelers' the big thing is if they can hit uh, that 500 win mark that uh, Mike Tomlin always gets to. But It's not looking great with the next four weeks. we got uh, three away games going to Buffalo at home against Tampa and then at Miami and at Philly. So that's a pretty pretty rough them being one in uh, – what is that? One in seven here shortly. Jeez. But, but again, if Kenny Pickett comes out strong this year, then it's worth one day. Uh, cool. Any, any honorable mentions from you guys this week on losers of the week? Uh, Mike, go ahead. I was just going to say, anybody who has to actually walk to the bathroom and can't just take the cart. <laughs> that was fun. funny. DK Metcalf. <laughs> And, you know, I ha- I was facing DK Metcalf in fantasy this week, and I have Tyler Lockett. So when I saw that initial tweet, I was like, oh, I mean, not that I was celebrating an injury, but, like, I was celebrating, you know, Tyler Lockett getting some more touches. And nope, nope. <laughs> he's, he's missing Russell Wilson the most because he had those, like, 50-yard, 60-yard, like, lo- passes that would sometimes be touchdowns. And then, you know, you look at fantasy and – like oh Tyler Lockett zero points and then 15 and a half play <laughs> it was kind of like he yeah he with Russell Wilson so he's definitely missed him um, yeah his yardage has been okay but he hasn't caught touchdowns so anyway right. Bean you got a who was your honorable mention Mike McDaniel um mm. and you know I think last week we mentioned concussion protocols well unfortunately we have to mention again because it's kind of crazy um and i guess even the doctors who got fired uh out of i guess even out of compulsion and like pressure from the media 
are also the losers of the week. But Mike McDaniel, that press conference he gave regarding Tua's health was so awkward. Um, and he's just been put in a tough, tough spot. Yes, they lost the game, um, and he lost his quarterback, but record like really that much worth it. So that that's what I'm thinking. Like he's he's definitely an honorable mention, like a loser of the week. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that that's a loser of the the season decision right there to be honest but yep yeah my my honorable mention is uh i don't know if you guys saw it but it's not hedging your bets or cashing out um i know that hedging your bets or cashing out is exactly what the casinos want you to do because long term that makes them more profitable and you less profitable um but there was a guy who put ten dollars on leg parlay uh to pay 74 grand and uh he went 14 for 14 and he was offered a cash out of twenty three thousand dollars. he said no he didn't bet monday night rolls around he has ram's money line and you know the rest so yeah he uh Normally, I'm I'm not for hedging or cashing out. When it's ten dollars to win twenty three grand, like that is not a risk I'm willing to take. So, like, give me give me the twenty three grand. <laughs> he was he's a candidate for Degen of the Year if he had if he'd won that. Yeah. To be fair, though, he, uh, national recognition, and I I know some companies and whatnot are are paying for him to take some Vegas trips the rest of the year. So I guess he did win something out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot anyway. of people I missed out on. <laughs> right. Or uh, as, as I've been eating. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do a quick fantasy recap, and then let's get into our week five preview. So, um any Mitch, I know you're at the top of our league right now with a four and zero record and the most points scored. Well, I guess one person has more points scored than you, two actually, um, but they have worse records than you. So you're of the two four and O's, you're sitting atop the league. How's it? Yeah, I mean it was a bit scary this week. I uh, I was down by three going into the Sunday night game. I had the Bucks defense, who uh, did not show up very well, but they made it through it. Um, but I was really aided this week, as being talked about earlier, by the running backs. Uh, Saquon and Derrick Henry both had really good weeks. Um, so they kind of made up for the lackluster performances I had from the, the receivers. But as of now, my trade for Pat Fryermuth has paid off. He got me like 12 points, which was over double what my – previous tight end had for the season so i will take it all day and every day uh and yeah i mean the future's looking bright i already hit my win total that uh fantasy projected for me so playing with house money nice and i'm hoping you are the winner of that trade because i'm facing the guy you made the trade with this week and he's right now he's got tony pollard up so hopefully Tony Pollard sucks and I catch my first win of the season because I am now the only 0-4 team. I don't even really want to talk about it. My team didn't do great. I had a couple guys that just 
and I faced um, just a god squad of TJ Hawkinson and company that uh, kicked me down in the dirt and laughed at me. So I'm 0-4. But only 0-4 person. And if you remember back to last week, we had two 0-3 teams. Bean? Welcome to the win club. Well, I, I hope you're enjoying it at least. I don't know what it's like, but how are you feeling? Well, it's good actually to finally get on the win column, but you know, I was expecting like the the sort of three weeks that I had before this that I would sweat it a little bit this week, but it was like, it was a blowout. I, I beat my opponent by 69 points and, nice. um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I was projected a 12 and two record, so I mean, I've already lost three games in four weeks, so the only way is up, I guess. But uh, the guy I'm playing this week and I are projected almost the same amount of points. Uh, be very close. I did lose Cordell Patterson to IR, which is a big miss. Um, I am not missing Dak Prescott, though, because I have Jared Goff. And um, he threw for 378 yards and four touchdowns. So I'm not complaining one bit um, on that front. And, and it's good to have Mike Evans back. Because boy, is he is he a baller, and um, and and for all of you guys out there who are looking for a kicker, Brett Maher of the Dallas, sixteen points. So yeah, all in all, a pretty good week in fantasy. Good. I'm I'm hoping to turn it around this week. I'm I'm actually benching Deontay Johnson because with uh, Kenny Pickett coming in, he already had a clear favorite target with George Pickens, and uh, I'm a little nervous that George Pickens is going to turn into the number one guy. I guess at the same time, I'm kind of hoping that he does because I've got him bet to be of the year. It's a good time. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, anyway, that's it for week four. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time on it, but it was an exciting week. Um, Man, the season's been good so far because I'm just as excited for week five. Uh, starting with our Thursday night game, we've got a really interesting matchups of two teams that were favored to make the playoffs and potentially make a deep playoff run, but both teams have underperformed so far. We've got uh, the battle of the horses, I guess, with the Colts visiting Mile High Stadium and the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos being three-point favorites. I believe the over-under is sitting at 43.5. Guys, this is do or die. And Darius, this is the battle of the injured running backs, or like, um, because Jonathan Taylor is questionable um, to play in this game. I think he was de- considered day to day, and I don't know if he's going to be back in time for this. And Javante Williams is a big miss for Denver because Nathaniel Hackett, anyway, had like, not many. I, I don't, I don't think he's shown his offensive prowess, creativity at, at Denver, but he's lost like one of his best. I guess on the offensive side of the ball, and you said the Broncos were three-point favorites. I don't know how they are three-point favorites because they can't score more than seventeen points. They did against, but it wasn't. The Colts' defense is a lot better, um, and they did win. Was uh, last week did the Colts, and you know, barring a couple of mistakes, they would have made it. Let's see. So, it's it's going to be interesting, but this will say a lot about both head coaches both under pressure and both have decent odds head coaches to be fired this season. So it's going to be interesting. 
So is uh is Colts plus three your official pick then, or what you going with? I actually had um, Colts minus three as my Thursday night bet at plus one fifty. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. All right, lock it in then, Mitch. Yeah, that, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think I can can touch this game from a, a spread perspective. The big question to me is if. Jonathan Taylor is going to be healthy or not. Um, if he is healthy, I think the Colts are probably my favorite to win this game. But, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is actually on pace right now to shatter the NFL fumble record by like 18 fumbles or something like that. It's like 23, I think, is the current record. And uh, he already has nine. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> insane to me. Um, definitely two... Um, underperforming quarterbacks for all the hype we had at the beginning of the season. But the bet that I really like is Alec Pierce over 34 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Um, the Ooh. last two games, he has had 60 and 80 uh, receiving yards. And, you know, his, he's trending upwards. So to me, seems like a bit of a no brainer. 34 and a half. I like that. Player prop. Whenever you're doing bad at betting spreads, Go to the player props. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, just so you guys are aware, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and they have the Colts as three-and-a-half-point underdogs, not just three. So um, I I really do like the Colts to cover that spread, but I'm not making that my official pick because both teams are so desperate and playing so poorly right now. Um, so my pick for the Thursday under 43 and a half um right now both of these teams are averaging behind 30 points per game um both pretty good defenses so i i think this game is is really feeling like a 13 to 10 type game uh and i don't know who's going to come out on top but i that scoring so i am lucky the under yeah, what's the weather looking like in Denver this week? Um, the past couple days, uh, for those of you that don't know, I am now living in Denver. For time, wow, it's looking like seventy-three and partially cloudy. So, perfect weather. Yeah, well, that's. I wish I could have a seventy-three degree day right now, man. That sounds nice. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> nice. We still get the desert where. Uh, overnight it's like 40 degrees and then noon hits and 70 to 80 degrees again. <laughs> um, so yeah, it might be 73 at kickoff, but by halftime it'll probably, but still great football weather. Yeah. Yeah. And, I just, other... I just want to add. Yeah. Yeah. That Melvin Gordon is equally as big a fumble machine as Matt Ryan. Cause he has four fumbles in four games. So you know what you can do Indianapolis Denver can do better yeah and Bean I did just want to follow up with you um you said Colts minus three right yes I did okay I I am seeing that on DraftKings is plus 200 so really going for some big bucks because they're plus 155 money line so I said plus 150 so it's plus 200 so it's even it's climbing as we speak okay all right. Well, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Go for the risky bets. <laughs> hey, they worked out last week. Yeah, 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 they did. 
Uh, cool. Well, speaking of, well, maybe some not so risky bets, let's move into the Sunday and Monday slates. Um, starting with our lock of the week, Mitch, we'll start with you this time. Uh, what are you feeling for your certain bet? It's going into the parlay. Just so you all know, last week, my lock of the week was Chiefs to cover. Beans lock of the week was the Titans to cover. And Mitch had the Rams money line, which cost us the parlay. So, Mitch, who are you going to lose the bet for me this week with? (laughs) I'm taking a page out of your book from last week. I'm going with the Chiefs minus seven. Um, I like it because it gives me a chance to push if all goes wrong. I think the Chiefs are clearly a seven-plus point team better than the Raiders are. Um, Yeah, to me, I mean, Mahomes is out there just toying with defenses at this point. The Buccaneers have a really good defense, and he shredded them to pieces, so I can't imagine what he's about to do to Vegas. I like it. I like it. All right, Bean, who you got? Yeah, Mitch, just to, like, go off of that, like, Clyde Edwards alert. I, I was thinking, like, that's going to be a mismatch because the Bucks defense has such a good run defense, but he shredded them too, and as you were saying, it was, like, shovel. It was just it was just a treat for um, offensive uh, fans of – a good offense, but my lock of the week is the Titans at minus two and a half at Washington. Um, I don't know how they're only two and a half point favorites because Washington just cannot put up points right now. And you know, Derrick Henry is back doing Derrick Henry things, uh, at least in terms of yardage. Um, you know, Robert Woods has a lot more involvement this uh, this last couple of games. Uh, he had a touchdown, I believe, last week as well. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. So yeah, minus two and a half at Washington. I, I was looking at that one and I liked it. Uh, the The Commanders are just like a funky team, and the Titans, I feel like, haven't quite figured it out. So that's why I didn't go with that one. But I do like it a lot. I think the Titans are getting on a roll. The Commanders, well, I mean, Carson Wentz is their quarterback, so that's about <laughs> as much as you can say there. <laughs> do you um, remember Week One when we were like fooled into thinking Carson Wentz might actually be good again? Man, it is the, it's the same process every year. It's Carson Wentz shows one hot game and then everyone buys into him and then he becomes Carson Wentz again. Uh, but my lock of the week, we're going to go across the pond here. Our Sunday morning game, Mountain Time, it kicks at bright and early 7.30 a.m. I love, love the Giants to cover eight and a half points is what I'm seeing on DraftKings right now. Um, the Giants have heated up the running game, both Saquon and Daniel Jones. I know Daniel Jones is questionable this week, but I read reports. He is. Um, as long as that is the case, uh, the Packers have just not looked good this season. I think they had one win over. Uh, I can't even remember who it was now. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. That's right. I mean, it's the Bears. The Bears have no offense. Um, Besides that, they beat the Patriots and their third-string quarterback by three points last week in overtime. Uh, They beat Tampa by two, and they lost to Minnesota by 16. So the Giants have been playing everyone close. Um and so I, I think this game, I don't know who's going to win. 
defense is my long shot bet to win money line. Uh, but again, it, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, but they don't have the home field advantage in Lambeau this week. So I just, I like the Giants to keep it within a score. So give me the Giants plus eight and a half. And that builds our lock of the week parlay, which is due, which is due. It's going to hit. <laughs> I like the end of the week. Yeah. So we got Chiefs minus seven, Titans minus two, Giants plus eight and a half. Lock it in. I just put bet. Let's win this money, boys. Nice. All going to be riding on my shoulders again at the end, but you know. <laughs> yeah, true with the late game. <laughs> yeah. Justin Wedge shows up again for one week. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Derrick Henry should run all over them this week. At least yeah, because I have money on Derrick Henry beating, being NFL's leading rusher this year, and I think he's in fifth right now, so he's got some work to do. Hey, at least anyway, Jonathan Taylor. True. <laughs> um, our long shot bets of the week. That's plus 200 odds or greater. Um, Bean, we'll start with you. Who do you like this week? Or what do you like this week? Uh, interesting um, choices this week. Um, I looked at Detroit Moneyline at New England. Um, just for the simple fact that Detroit can play offense and New England quarterback. Um, having said that, they have a good running game with Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Damien Harris. Um, but the bet I'm going for is actually just shy of plus 200, plus 190. It's this uh, Seahawks money line at the Saints. Uh, I don't know if Jameis is going to play or not, but he has five interceptions in the game. He's games he's played in. Uh, Alvin Kamara is questionable, I believe, again. And I know they put up 25 points last week with Andy Dalton, but you know, the Seahawks just look a lot better in their running game. As I said, Rashad Penny last week. Um, and the two tight ends are also playing really well. So give me the Seahawks money line at New Orleans. I actually really like that, especially because Latavius Murray was a lot of the Saints offense this past week. And I believe the commander, or no, the Falcons. Or no, 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 it was the Broncos. The Broncos just picked him up. Yeah. Yeah, so rely on mark ingram alone and he as somebody who had him as alvin Kamara's handcuff uh, i can attest to the fact that he is old and not playing very well so prove me wrong mark ingram <laughs> mitch who you got as your long shot uh i am looking at for plus 200 exactly the cardinals money line over the eagles uh, the Ooh. eagles are the last remaining undefeated team but i look at it they haven't really played anyone yet and I'm not necessarily saying the Cardinals are anybody, but they're probably the best team they've played. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, the Cardinals at home, if not now, then when? Right, it's time right. for Kyler Murray to show up and have any life. I like it. I, I love that we're all picking dogs this week. Um, I'm going to continue on that train. I know that Cooper Rush was my winner of the week. I hope he's my winner of next week, too, because the Cowboys are currently four-and-a-half-point underdogs playing in L.A. against the Rams. I am taking them at an alternate line at minus two-and-a-half for exactly... I, I 
around pl- anywhere from plus 195 to plus 205, depending on where you look. Um, yeah, give me the Cowboys to win by a field goal. The Rams O-line is so un right now, and the man Micah Parsons has been on an absolute rampage. So I I like the Cowboys to shut down the Rams offense and Cooper up enough to put up some points and win games. So yeah, give me the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys running game has showed a little bit of life lately for the first time in a couple of years with Zeke. Uh, Tony Pollard done okay this year. Last week he was kind of a little bit slow. So for your sake, Darius, I hope that, uh, he doesn't have a great week this week, and uh, Zeke carries the load, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I can, I could go for that. Uh, now, instead of looking at spreads, let's look at some over-unders. High-scoring game of the week. Mitch? Uh, to me, this has got to be the Lions and the Patriots over 46.5. Uh, I just don't understand why this game is so low. Every game that the Lions have played in this year would hit that over. They have not only the highest-scoring offense – but they allow the most points on defense as well. Um, I get the Patriots aren't going to have their starting quarterback, but I don't think they played that poorly, even with Mac Jones injured. And the Lions might score 42 on their own. So I like that. <laughs> I, I do I do like that one. The The reason I didn't choose that is because of the the Patriots, and I'm not sure what their offense is right now. But I, I do like the pick overall. It's it's hard to bet against the Lions overs this year. Bean, who you got? So I actually looked at that that one as well. But my sort of high scoring game of this week is going to Cleveland Browns against the Chargers, and I think this game is in, okay. It's in Cleveland, but um, I think we're the only team to like score thirty points in or. 26 points and over up until the Atlanta game where they were stopped at 20, I think. Yeah, they lost by three. So I think um, this game, the over is at 47 and a half. Um, Justin Herbert's feeling a lot better. Uh, Keenan Allen, he might return for this game. Mike Williams is playing a lot better. Um, and the Cleveland run game is, uh, is pretty good. So 47 and a half shouldn't be uh, too much of a trouble for either. Yeah, it's another one I was looking at. I think... For me, the hardest pick I had this week was the under. Um, I think we got a lot of shootouts potentially happening this week. Uh, So maybe that'll be exciting because we've had a lot of low-scoring games, I feel like, this year. Um, But the over I picked, uh, it's a trap. I know. I shouldn't pick this as my over. But I'm going to Raiders at Chiefs. Over 51. 51 is a lot of points, I know. But as Mitch alluded to, the Chiefs put up serious points. Uh, The Raiders, as bad as they've been this year outside of last week, have a lot of offensive weapons. So I like... I I could see this being another 24 to Raiders, like 20 type of game. So... um, much as I hate to say it, I like that over. Yeah, I, I like it as well. I think, I mean, the Chiefs just put up 41 against the top scoring defense, or I think top three scoring defense coming in in the Buccaneers. So uh, I think it could easily happen again. 
Yeah, let's let's hope so. We will see. Uh, but let's go to our low scoring, our final bet of the week, our low score slash our of the week. Bean. All right. So um, I looked at a couple of games. I start with uh, at, uh, sorry, Chicago at Minnesota, um, just because the Bears' offense can't do daily at the moment. Well, the the Bears Giants under was my last week low scoring bet, so I thought I'd go a little bit different this week. I'm going in San Francisco. Um, Carolina put up 16 points against the Cardinals. They probably put up even less than the better 49ers defense, um, and the 49ers themselves are probably going to put up like 20, 25, and that's probably going to be enough for them to to win this one. So under 38 and a half. I know it's kind of low, but I think. Uh, I think that's a possibility to be the lowest scoring game. Yeah, I, I like it. Nick Bosa currently leads the NFL in sacks. That 49ers defense is really good. So, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. I know I also looked at the Bears-Vikings, but I liked that under too much, so I couldn't pick it. So I went a different way, and I found an over that I really liked, which was the Bengals-Ravens, and I decided in honor of last week, I'm going to fade myself and take the under in that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. And I, and I can see I could see that game going either way. Like initially it's like, oh, over. But uh I don't know. It, it's just one of those games. It's it's classic AFC North football. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it like 48 and a half, quite a few points. It could easily be a, you know, a 21 to 18 game. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um I both tempted by it i got suckered in yet again i saw bears and vikings uh whenever i saw those two teams i expected the over under to be around 38 39 44 i had to take it um i think these two i I mentioned with the thursday night game that those two teams are averaging 30 points a game i think the bears and the vikings are averaging a combined like 35 points a game so um it just so i took it see and that's what i was scared of is it made too much sense to me and my brain hasn't worked that way this season like it has the <laughs> same over under right now as the dolphins and the jets and granted two is not playing the offense won't be quite as explosive but like both of those teams have better offensive than either the bears or the vikings yeah, we'll we'll see next week whenever we come back and Bean's like Darius, you were zero and five. Yeah, I I will Jeez. I will handedly admit to the fact that I got suckered into a couple lines this week, but uh, as we sit right now, I feel pretty good about the bets I'm making. So we'll see. I'll remind you. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. I can always trust you. Um. All right. So. Finally, our last segment before we wrap up with some of the games we missed, uh, our most exciting matchup or the one we're most forward to. Uh, Mitch, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, it's the same as my under. I think the Bengals-Ravens will be really interesting. Division rivals. Uh, Whoever wins this game, I think, becomes the favorite to win the division. Um, I I don't see the Browns having any chance. The Steelers are out of it um so you know grab the momentum early in the season and uh not look back yeah i love it yeah. bean who you got so i looked at a couple i started with 
interestingly, um, the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I, was, you know what? I found that interesting as well, to be honest. <laughs> Division matchup, two teams that were supposed to be terrible. One of them is right. terrible, but is like fun to watch. The other one is okay. Is that your uh, most uh, sort of look, the game you're looking forward to the most? No, I did not go with that one. Okay. I almost picked it. I almost picked it. Okay. So, I mean, I ended up going with, like, the game that's, like, staring in your face, um, which is the Cardinals and the the Eagles, uh, the Battle of the Birds. Um, I guess, well, this, this this will say a lot about Philly, but it'll it'll tell me a lot more about the Cardinals. Uh, they got a good win last week. Um, it looks like that that sort of two-point conversion and the overtime win against the Raiders just kicked everything off for them. Um, but I, I don't know. The Eagles, I think, Mitch, you alluded to it. They haven't played that great teams yet. I know they beat the Vikings, but apart from that, it's been Jacksonville and Washington and, you know, teams that just don't put up fights. So I think this game will be interesting uh, in that sense. And, uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see what the Eagles are made of. But more, more importantly, I think, in, in a division where the Rams are not playing at their best, what the Cardinals are made of. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I know I was thinking about Texans Jags. The one I ended up going with Bengals Ravens again, Sunday night football, AFC North football. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, but the backup game that I had uh, that I'm also looking forward to and did all about yet is the chargers going to Cleveland to face the Browns um, point favorite, which initially I'm like, Oh, obviously that game by three, but uh, if you remember back to last year, this is that game, and it happened over the same weekend. It was October 10th of 2021, uh, where the Chargers played the Browns in LA, and it was that really weird fourth quarter where there was a ton of scoring, and the game ended 47-42. Um, so it was just one of those really crazy games. And I can just, maybe that, that impression is just giving me that this one's going to be another crazy game. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Darius, that's exactly the sort that I was like, wait, wasn't there that game where both scored 40 each? And that's in my mind when I said the high scoring game of this week is going to be Cleveland chargers. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Except watch watch this year the final be like nine to twelve or something <laughs> like that. Um, we'll see. We will see because I know both teams have a lot of injuries that uh, we'll see pan out through the rest of the week. Um, let's see. So those are all of our segments. Let's touch on a few games we didn't hit on. I think we hit most of them this week, uh, starting with. The Steelers at the Bills, the Steelers being 14-point underdogs. Uh, when I saw that, not only was I but I was like, oh, obviously, Kenny Pickett's got the energy. We're not going to lose by 14. But then I thought about it, and we're going to Buffalo after we upset them last year. Uh, this this could get ugly. Yep. So yeah. I have hope. But I, I know that that hope is without much reason. So uh, I just I just hope Kenny Pickett plays well. That's that's my hope. <laughs> In many well, ways, Darius, this game is like, you know, 
options for Kenny Pickett. So it could be like the game where he just goes out and, you know, just plays like, okay, we know the Bills are favored here. They have the better defense at the moment, the better offense. Like we're away at, you know, one of the best cauldrons in the NFL uh, Highmark Stadium. So it's just like, let me let me just go out there and play like there's no pressure. Yeah, I could see this one being a really high scoring game too because I think Kenny Pickett's going to air it out. Uh, but the Steelers have never won a game without TJ Watt since he's been in the league. Um, so I think the the Steelers' defense is really what's lacking. I think the offense could play well. Um, but yeah, between Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, I think uh, Josh Allen's going to tear up our defense. Uh, other games we didn't touch on... Um, Dolphin, do we talk about Dolphins, Jet? We briefly, briefly mentioned it, but uh, the Dolphins are three-point favorites. Um, obviously, that's with Tua out. Um, Zach Wilson looked really good last week. Well, not really good, but at the end of the game, he looked good. Uh, and he's going against touchdown Teddy, so that'll be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm very curious to see... Uh how this game goes because it could really hamper the Dolphins uh, playoff push to lose this game. Um, yes. I mean, it's a division yeah. game. So, and it's away. Zach Wilson's back. We'll see. Uh, yeah, this game is in New Jersey and, and guys, it's been raining for like the last four or five days. I think we're getting whatever Florida got last week with the hurricane. But I was going to say, if this game was like the Thursday night, with the under because it's like flooding outside but it is on <laughs> sunday so uh, i mean there's no tua but any run game has definitely picked up this season so that'll be interesting to see yeah uh speaking of run game you mentioned cordero patterson being out this week uh falcons going to tampa as eight and a half point underdogs i've even seen nine point underdogs Falcons are two and two, but they are four and zero against the spread. They are an exciting team. I actually like the Falcons to cover this week. Um, the Bucks just haven't showed me anything convincing yet this season, so I think the the Falcons are good enough to at least keep it close. It's okay. Tom Brady's finally getting his divorce, so he can move on from that and he can play like Tom Brady again. <laughs> I mean, for my fantasy team's sake, I hope so. Uh, let's see. We mentioned Texans Jags. Um, I've got a season long bet on the the Texans that have the fewest wins in the NFL, so I'm hoping the Jags do win. Um, but yeah, that that's gonna be a weird game. It's in Jacksonville. That might help you a little bit. And Trevor Lawrence had what five fumbles last week, or five well, errors? only only four. And <laughs> um. I think we talked about the rest. Um, yeah, we did good this week, guys. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on any of the games? Any for any players to watch? Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I mean, I'll just tell you a player that I'm watching since I have top waiver priority. I can't not get him in our fantasy league. Uh, Tyler Algier, um, rookie running back, uh, who's going to be replacing Cordero Patterson. Um, I think he could be pretty good, so I'm excited to see what he's got. I don't know if I'll play him this week because the Bucks' defense is good against the run, but uh, 
yeah, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, Darius, I, I was going to look for him because I lost Cordero. But the Falcons, I think this year might be the year where, you know, like the the Panthers are not playing well. The the Saints are struggling going for in, in, on offense. I think this might be the year like the, the Falcons might say, hey, we might be able to finish second in this division. Um, you know, with Marcus Mariota of all people. So they're playing pretty well. I mean, Cordero is going to be a big miss. But I want to – I'm interested to see what the rookie running – Agreed. Yeah. I and as a UC guy, I was hoping the Falcons would be worse this season so that Desmond Ritter could get some chances. But <laughs> they have been a fun, a fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah I was thinking those exact same words, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of UC, uh, I know we're a, a DGen football podcast, but uh, not sure if you guys saw. Um, we just are the UC basketball team just got a four-star uh, recruit to commit to Cincinnati just about a half hour ago. So shout out to them. Uh, UC basketball might finally be turning back around. It's Miller time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's all I've got. It's a pleasure as always Uh, for any listeners. If you're looking for some more content, we like to live tweet the games. Um, We are at DGen underscore football on Twitter. Uh, So follow us there. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you help to continue us grow. Uh, Mitch Bean, thanks for doing this. And uh, we wish you all the best week in your DGen betting. And we hope you have a great week five.